Outside the Shoot would like to thank one of their sponsors, the Links at Penn Hills. If you're a golfer, you're going to want to check out the Links at Penn Hills in Shubenacadie, Nova Scotia. With nine holes wide open situated along the beautiful Shubenacadie River and the other nine tucked into woodland, this Les Ferber design is a challenge for the best of golfers. Located just 15 minutes from the Halifax Stanfield International Airport, the Links at Penn Hills has become one of the best courses in Nova Scotia. For more information or to book a tee time, go to linksatpennhills.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Before we introduce our guest for this episode, we're going to announce the Outside the Shoot Player of the Week. This is something we'll be doing on a weekly basis here on the podcast. After seeing tons of tweets of players' accomplishments this past week on Twitter, we're pleased to recognize Ella McDowell from the Impact Gold Nationals 2024 Jazz out of Parallel, Texas. Ella batted 667 for the weekend with an amazing 11 hits and 12 RBIs. Congrats, Ella, and keep up the great work. Now our guest for this episode is a longtime teammate, friend, and now co-host with us here on Outside the Shoot, Chris Hopewell. Also known as Gumby in fast pitch circles, Chris has taken part in an astounding 22 senior men's nationals, both as a player and a coach. We'll talk to Chris about making the transition from baseball to softball at 14 years of age, playing with the original East Dance Mastodon teams in the 90s, then moving on to several years with the Brookfield Elks. We'll also have a detailed chat about an unfortunate eye injury from 2010 that left Chris blind in one eye. That injury would move him into a coaching role only to have it pay off with the Canadian Men's Senior Championship in 2017 with the East Dance Mastodons. So sit back, relax, because here we go. Don't act surprised. I got soul like Jackson 5. Class, get it in with the classic vibe. I'm a four course meal, ain't no appetizer. Word, everybody gotta forget the everyday stress for a minute. We about to celebrate like we in the ninth inning. Two outs about the window pinning. I'm waiting on my payday. Like I'm living in my heyday. All right, so let's go. What's going on, Gumby? Not much, my friend. How are you, Dick? Good man. Good man. Uh, another weekend. Another weekend. Another bunch of beer drank last night. Yeah. Uh, Another weekend of no ball, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. It's I can't, uh, It still baffles me why we can't play. Yeah, me as well. I mean, and everybody I talk to, because you can go downtown to the bars and, you know, yeah. be side by side and get drinks and share drinks if you wanted to, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. we can't go on the ball field and smash balls around. Each I know, other. like 20 of us probably at the most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and umpires are kind of up in the air right now, too, about coming back with the new rule changes and what have you. Right. But hopefully it'll some something will happen soon. I know that we put in a proposal or we're putting in another proposal to get back to to phase two right. for Nova Scotia. So that at least the adults can play. Yeah. So is there is <clears throat> I know we talked about this a little bit before, like not on here, but is there's like new insurance procedures, is there? Like uh as uh, far as like fields go and not necessarily new insurance, but they're not insuring anybody right now because we're not able to play. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. in fact, like New Brunswick, they're allowed to play. PEI yeah. is allowed to play, but a team from Nova Scotia can't go and play there because there's no memberships yet. It's, so nobody's carrying uh, yeah. insurance right now. Right, right, right. Because New Brunswick went into Phase Four, they skipped Phase Three, and they're full blown playing <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> yeah. But I will say too. I mean, hats off to our government for taking care of you know what they think is right and wrong, and we don't want any other cases here for sure. But I just think that they're missing the boat a little bit on 
allowing us to get on a, a field that's massive with yeah. wind blowing and not spitting each other's yeah, faces. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. But, I agree. Yeah. So I guess onto the onto your career, you've uh, I said in the intro you played uh, you've been to twenty two nationals. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. That's yeah, <laughs> and I've enjoyed every one of them. Yeah. Um, I've been very lucky, very blessed since I was younger. You know, I got to go to a junior, I'm sorry, my first nationals was a midget nationals on my own. And that was in 1987. So you may not have wow. been born. But, <laughs> uh, we went to Port Alberni, BC as the East Dance Expos. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. So that's where the, that's where the expos. That's where the expos originated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve Snyderman, uh, God love him. He's passed away quite a few years ago, but he was our coach. Um, the year prior to going to the nationals and then Blaine Brown took over as the, as the coach for us to go to nationals that year, Blaine and Bruce, right. um, played with Shane Snyderman, which was Steve's son, mm-hmm. got to play with a lot of great players, a lot of local guys, of course, Tommy and Travis Hunter and right. well, Todd King, like all oh, of wow. that crew. Yeah. It was, it was pretty decent. Right on. Not bad at all. Right on. So when did the first East Dance Mastodon start? Was that? It would have been, I'm going to say 19... 19- 96 or somewhere around there. We were the East Hans Labatt Ice for a while. Right. Playing out of Shubenacadie. Yep. Uh, Dana Wallace was kind of running the show, Tim Shive yep. and Donnie Barr, you know, older guys. Oh, yeah. And I'm not great with dates. So I apologize for that. Right. But I know that we attended nationals in 90, I want to say 96 actually, in Waterloo, I believe. And then 97, what it might have been in BC, so we didn't go. But then 98 was in St. Croix. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, which was the year the Jaguars won. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a long time ago. No question. Yeah, I know. That's why it's kind of hard to remember everything and all the times, you know, every Nationals you've been to. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you got you guys had some pretty good players on the Mastodons team. Like- we did. We, we had great players. Uh, a lot of it came down to pitching, of course, mm-hmm. which was, you know, we always had a number one uh, and, and a number one slash B, I guess right. you would say. Right. Um, we ran into some trouble like one year, Ryan Eisner had got his hand caught in a, I don't know, something at a mill and mm-hmm. he was injured for nationals. So that really put us behind the eight ball going into nationals. That hurts. Yeah. Um, the other problem was, you know, we were a lot of local guys. We didn't bring in players like other teams brought in players. Mm-hmm. So they always had those catalyst hitters that, you know, would just awe you when you showed up to the ball field. Right. And we never had that. Uh, you know, we always competed. We just weren't quite there. Right. In the, in the beginnings. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember growing up in Brookfield. So I, of course, right, right behind the ball field, I get to, yeah. you know, I, I, I can remember watching like the Macedons come up and play. And, yeah. And, yeah. You know that I think there's Glace Bay had a had a team back then. Glace Bay, not back then. They didn't. No, no, not that early. That was. Oh, I guess that. that yeah, that's right. That would have been that would have been late eighties. That's right too. Yeah, but I mean they had. Yeah, the Jags were come up and the, and the Keys and Jags Keys Dairy Queen. Right. Um, there used to be. I mean, there was teams again with dates. I'll get all messed yeah. up, but there was always teams around. Like one year, Bridgewater had a team and Berwick had a team. Yeah, yeah. Halifax, like uh, I think they were called the Tribe at one time, and then the Outlaws and mm-hmm. the guys were transfer and. But they always had teams. Yeah, there was always teams to play against. Yeah. or yeah. with. Um, that was one good thing too about. You know, having a little bit of skill and playing a middle infield position, there were teams where, you know, if one year your team didn't go anywhere, you got to go with another team and play. Mm-hmm. So that, that was fun for me, too, because I get to meet a lot of guys. Of yeah, course, and exactly. I still have friendships because of it. Yeah. Yeah. For many, yeah. many years. Yeah, for sure. So like yeah. when the Mastodons folded, that's when you uh, you moved 
up to Brookfield, didn't you? Yeah, I yeah. went to Brookfield. Well, there was one year in hiatus I played in North River, in fact, uh, but they moved to Shuby. Oh. And Don Hazelton coached the team. Okay, yeah. Uh, Casey McGuire pitched. I played for and, Don, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then I went on to Brookfield, um, played there for almost 10 years. So and, you, your first time walking in there, what was your what was your impression? Because, well, you I'm know what, like, you know, growing up there, this the biggest thing I learned is compete. Oh, compete, 100%. compete, compete. Yeah. yeah. The the funny thing when you say that is, you know, growing up in East Hans, we hated Brookfield. Yeah. You hated playing against them, but it was because you, you didn't really hate them as a group of guys. You hated the fact that they just tried so hard all the time. Yeah. And they never quit. <laughs> like I can tell you there was numerous times we got in bench brawls with those guys. There was one time everybody on the field got in the bench brawl and then the umpires ended up kicking everybody out, out of the game that was on the bench. And we continued to play like just, you know, it was a very strange time where the umpires didn't want the games to stop, but they couldn't kick everybody. Out that was the in, game would have been ended. That was in Brookfield. Wasn't that it? was in Brookfield. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, that was uh, Josh McCollum. Josh McCollum. Yeah. Running, uh, Robin at the plate. <laughs> and they and they just played canned the games together. And they just played canned the games together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, Mike Miller come running in from center field and he had somebody up by the throat right against the backstop. And it was pretty crazy. It was wow. pretty intense. Wow. Yeah. But it also created a lot of friendships out of that, too, because we still joke about it to this day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so going to Brookfield, you know, understanding that they were so competitive. And of course, I watched them growing up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was super excited about going. I was very nervous about going, too, because Brookfield is a click. Yeah. Um, the Elks were always a click. And uh, I won't lie to you, I fit right in there. And uh, as far as the competitive side goes, I, I've never been one to not be competitive. Mm-hmm. So they gained my trust. I gained their trust. And uh, again, they're all still pretty much my best friends yeah, like yeah. i love those guys like when i joined you guys like i see when i moved out of there i kind of like lost touch with some of them and then you know and then come back when after the river rats folded there and, right. and i came and played with you guys and it was just like joining back in and yeah. i loved it never, like, missed, it was, never missed a beat yeah, at it all. was so fun you know yeah. you know getting to play with well me and brooksy played brooks Van Tassel. yeah like we went to canada games together we went like we played junior A hockey together. So, yeah. you know, I mean, we we had a long history. and Yeah, you guys you know, had a great you know, friendship for yeah, sure. To be able to go back and play and, you know, throw to him yeah. was 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 pretty fun and yeah for sure we had some we had some fun fun trips too that that, uh, <laughs> that first one to st john's newfoundland yeah no seven holy yeah, that was that was the first time i ever got to go to st john's too yeah. so you know seeing uh getting to see george street for the first time it's like yeah it's holy jesus pretty what's unbelievable that? what's this it's like uh you're in disneyland <laughs> or something it was pretty incredible yeah so uh and that was actually speaking of brooksy that's remember <laughs> remember the last day or when we got beat out he was uh had a few in the beer tent and then we went back to the hotel and we were all getting ready to go out and then right. he come back and we had to wheel him in on the, the oh, luggage that's cart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brooksy was blurry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He broke yeah. both his hips or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was, uh, that was, that was good. We all, man, I think we didn't go to nationals after 07 the following year. Did, no, before, yeah, we took a year off from nationals in 08. And we, That's the year that it was in BC again. I think right. Kipper went with the Keys that year. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. So yeah, we, we just went Eastern year. Canadians. Or hey. wait a second. 08. Or was it 07? That might have been the year that actually we, uh, there was no team, but then Mulgrave, the Mulgrave Eagles became a team. I don't know if you remember that. Um, Murphy's Fish and Chips. No, I think that I think that was before. That was when I had was with the River Rats. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah see, there I get all mixed yeah, up. Yeah, I know. But 08 was, I think it was out west. And, it was in BC. I and nobody yeah. from like- From Atlanta, Canada. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think Charlottetown might have went. Right. But- Oh, yeah, yeah, it was in Prince George. Right. That's right. Yeah. You're right. And then we went to St. Thomas in 09. 
Yeah. 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 So, man, good times. Good times. Good times. So, oh, I, I, I'm going to rewind a little bit. Yeah, when absolutely. You, the Nationals that were in Summerside. Yeah. And you guys beat the Keiths. Yeah. Amazing. Talk a little bit about that game. So we're going in against uh, the Keiths, who are, you know, they're they're a contender for Nationals. They yeah. have Darren Zach and Jody Henniger throwing, for one thing. <laughs> so we're going in, and uh, God love them. We have Casey McGuire, who's on our team, and we had Dan Conkle at that time. Uh, he was oh, right. From Ontario. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we threw Casey against the Keiths. It was one of those games where we didn't think we were going to win, mm-hmm. um, but we wanted to be in the game, of course. And and Casey was very capable. He had an incredible changeup. Yeah. Uh, but we were playing the Keiths, and we played them all summer. <laughs> so we get in there, and Darren, Zach, we were uh, they were the home team, so we topped the order. Uh, we scored four runs in the first inning off of Darren, Zach, and we're like, "What in the Jesus is going on here?" So. Uh, Good enough. Four nothing after the first. They pull him and they bring in Jody Henniger. And then we scored four runs in the second inning. And all of a sudden we're up eight nothing. And one thing I'll never forget is uh Pibby, we had a runner on first, we're up eight nothing, and Pibby gave me the bunt sign, or what I thought was, who was our coach, Pibby. Yeah. And I'm thinking in my head, like, holy shit, it's eight nothing. If I scored a bunt and I miss, I'm gonna get the next one in the friggin' ribs. <laughs> anyway, I Bunted it. I got it down and the whole Keys team chirped the shit out of me and said they were going to kill me. And, and I know all these guys. Like, yeah. So I was like, ah, well, I could blame it on Pibby, but Pibby can't go to the plate. And then Pibby claimed to me that he never, ever gave me the bunt sign. And I call him a liar to this of day. Of course he would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, at any rate, uh, nothing came of it. Right. Um, I didn't get pinned my next at bat or anything. And I th- I don't remember the final score, but we did beat the Keys that game. And that was in summer. So that was a huge upset. Yeah. Yeah, I know. To beat them for sure. And I remember it was on uh, back to local cable uh, yeah, TV. Yeah, that was, uh, it was Cecil and Kevin Harvey. Yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, I can remember why I was. I watched that. And I think I. I think I recorded it. And I watched it over and over again because yeah. you know I was still growing up in Brookville at the time. And, of course, and it was. Man, it was awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, yeah. we just beat the, you know, the contenders to win the Nationals with Darren Zach yeah. and friggin' Jody Henniger on the team. It's yeah. like, what is going on here? But yeah, yeah. so that's one of those times. Yeah. So that's going to segue into 09, St. Thomas. St. Thomas was amazing. <laughs> uh, I mean, Erky was a machine. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, we got through that. Unfortunately, we had that very first game against Newfoundland and went to, I don't know how many extra 11, innings. I think it was Yeah, 11. and Erky threw the whole game. and one nothing, wasn't it? It was one nothing. Uh, well, yeah, one nothing or two, yes, or something like that. It yeah. was one nothing, I believe. And Erky um, pitched his ass off, mm-hmm. but he had that gremlin of a, of a little injury on his arm yeah. where it got sore. But he got through it for the rest of the week and we ended up uh, winning some games we should never have even been in. Yeah. Uh, I will say the guys were hitting the ball and that's the biggest thing about ball. You need to hit the ball to be able to win yep. games because your pitches can pitchers can pitch and hold you, you know, three, four runs, mm-hmm. but you got to score runs in order to win. And, uh, anyway, we ended up getting into some games. Um, I want to say our, our first big win was against the host, I believe who was Jarvis or one of those no, two. St. Thomas. Was it St. Thomas? Beat, and they, oh they, no, they, no, sorry. We did beat Jarvis first, but it was like Robbie O'Brien yep. and those guys. And yep. we ended up winning on a, uh, I think a bases loaded single by Bobby Sill. Yeah, and I was the, the sco- scoring run. I was oh, in, you were. Yeah. I was running. I was so scared yeah. because there was twice in already in that nationals where Pibby put me in the pinch run. Right. I got picked off both times. Oh, good, good choice, Pibby. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm like, I'm on base. I'm like, just don't get picked off. And yeah. Then, and then Bobby laced that one. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I was actually on first when Bobby hit that because uh, Robbie O'Brien was in the game. I can remember. I'll remember this day. He had long ass laces on his glove. I don't even remember that. No, I don't. He had huge like. 
it's like he strung his glove up, but the laces were right long on it or something. <laughs> anyway, looked like a, some Jamaican guy's hair or something <laughs> hanging off his glove. But um, I remember Robbie threw me a pitch that I fouled off. I hit quite hard, and then they put me on ba- on the base yeah. to, to load the base because there was runners on second and third at the time. Right. And then Bobby hit that opposite field single, and yeah. we scored, and we won that game. And that was huge for us. That put us at four and two. It did, yeah. So the next game going in against Kitchener, of course, mm. uh Defending ISC champions, yeah. Dean Holine, the guy's a mountain of a man, uh, incredible pitcher, incredible hitter. Mm-hmm. We go in against those guys, and you're pitching. <laughs> so we're thinking this is this is another Casey McGuire moment <laughs> yeah. for us. So you know we were basically throwing you to the wolves yeah. in a sense, and uh, we got into a game where the game was close throughout the whole game. We ended up scoring four runs on four solo shot home runs. We went up. We hit a. We went up. Two nothing in the first inning. Who hit the home run in the first inning? It was. Oh, there were two. There home was runs. two home runs. It was yeah. Sandy and Izzy. I Sandy think. Sandy and Izzy. That's right. Yeah. So that was two nothing in the first. Yeah. And then we went, and then Mike Grant hit a solo shot. Right. And then I remember that uh, I will remember one play, and I'm going to blow my own horn on this one because it was a kind of a Derek Jeter moment for me. Mm-hmm. There was a play that uh, Red from Kitchener, uh, whatever his name is, Dale, whatever it is. Anyway. He was on second base and he hit a ball single to right. So somebody else hit a single to right field. Right. And the right fielder was Jack Roop at the time, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he missed the cut, which was chipper. But I just, I don't even know why. It's kind of what we teach the kids now in double cuts. But I ran across the diamond and I was the double cut. And the ball landed in my mitt. I turned and threw it to Sandy and Sandy tagged him out at the plate. I remember that. And that in fact, would have been the winning run yep. if, I mean, and, you know, if it had ended wrong or differently, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, that, so that kept the score, I believe at, it might've been three, two at that time. Three, two. And then they ended up tying it mm-hmm. three, three. And then top of seventh, I do recall this. I let off the inning Yeah. and, uh, Dean whole line again, he's on the Hill and, I, I don't remember being nervous. I just remember thinking, okay, I got to sit on a pitch. I want to hit it. I want to drive the other way. Yeah. Well, I didn't drive the other way. I actually was able to hit it over the fence for a home run for the winning run for the game. So that was super exciting for me. Of course, I remember the, the jubilation at the bench. I remember people smashing their heads off the top of the dugouts. I remember Chipper jumping up and down like crazy. I remember it was just absolutely nuts. Now leading into this, of course you gave up, I don't know, how many fly balls to center field to Mike I can Grant? T- I can tell you exactly. I can. Yeah. I can tell you exactly who got the outs in the game. Yeah, that's great. Mike Grant had ten put outs. Yeah. Jeremy Locke had six. You had three, and I had two strikeouts. Nice. Twenty-one outs. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Mike Grant carried the load. Yeah. <laughs> While wow, he was getting chirped in the beer tent. Yeah, that's one thing too. I remember. Hey, twenty-seven. Your mom wants her pants back. Yeah. yeah no, I can. Back to your home run. I can. Rem- when you hit that, like I was already. Like, you know, nervous as hell that I'm in a 3-3 game in the seventh with yeah, the defending course. champions. Yeah. World champions. World champions at that. And you hit that to go ahead. And I'm like, my my nerves went from 10 to 20. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. It's like going out there in the seventh to just shake and doing my warm-up pitches. Yeah, I need three fly balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can we, – we got those out. And I can remember Bonesy. Joel Campbell being the first one, like just running out, like we won the World Series That's and, right, and yeah. jumping on me. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it put us at five and two with double life. And, yeah, that was nuts. But again, Erky, Erky yeah. being injured, just, oh, yeah. it it sucked. And we played uh, we played St. Thomas in that 
double life game. We went up three nothing in the first inning. Yep. And then they come back and scored three. And then we went up five three. In the, five three in the second. Yeah. And Erky still I was like, oh man, I just like hindsight, I, I kind of wish Pibby would have put Redder in, like, yeah, I know. like Corey earlier. Yeah. Cause, you know, it's hard to Those say what would have happened. Because, you know, Erky was our horse. No, I know. I know. And he had pitched so well for us, but that, that injury played havoc with him a little bit. I mean, that team was great too. They yeah. had an amazing amount of hitters on yeah. that team. Um, but I'll never, I always said that if you're able to score six runs in a ball game, you should win the ball mm-hmm. game. And uh, we just we just didn't pull it off, yeah. unfortunately. Then it got into a. Is it, that was the game where uh, yeah. Brooksy got pinned yeah. twice. Uh, uh, who was the fellow? Sean Witten. Yeah, he pinned him. I remember it looked like a gobstopper on his on the side of his body. Yeah, pinned him twice though. Yeah. The first one was oh my god, it was. I don't even think the ball left his side. Like it just got right in. Yeah, I, I, that's the first time I ever seen Erky get like mad. mad. Yeah, and he, like he he was walking out in the field. I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just didn't want to pitch anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Please toss <Yeah>. me. <laughs> yeah. So then, so we lost that game and then, then we had to play Newfoundland. And that was the early days of Sean Cleary. Yep. Yeah. And he was He shut amazing. us down. He did. That was only a one nothing game though, wasn't it? That was it? a one nothing game. Yeah. And that would have put us into a play on another game. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, it was a great experience. Oh, it was and, awesome. And it showed that, you know, local talent, you know, Brookfield and some guys coming from East Hans or wherever, mm-hmm. were able to put a pretty fantastic year together as far as going to nationals. Yeah. That was that was a great experience for us. Yeah. That made me kind of think that, man, we're getting a sniff of this and I think we can win this one day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. And then like then fast forward to 2010 when Charlottetown was hosting. Yeah. And then the unfortunate happened. Yeah. That was uh, actually till July 23rd of yeah. 2010. Um, we were playing against uh, the junior team. Um, Jamie Wentworth was coaching it with Jeff Frazier, I believe. That was the one. I wasn't there that night. That was oh, the one. I think that's the only game I missed. And I wasn't there that night. You know what the funny thing is about that? I'll never forget too, is we were supposed to play on Thursday and it turned out that they rescheduled it to Wednesday. So I was thinking uh, to myself, man, maybe if we played on Thursday, I wouldn't have got hit in the eye. But right. there's a lot of different little things you think. Yeah. About. I had just taken my glasses off. So anyway, what happened was uh, Manny was pitching mm-hmm. at the time, Craig Manuel, and uh, someone had hit a line drive back up the middle to him and hit him in the pitching hand. And so my instinct was to make sure he was okay. So mm-hmm. I headed towards the mound to see if he was okay. Uh, he had picked up the ball through to Mike Grant at first base. And as you do in every ball game, every out, you throw the ball around. And Mike threw the ball across the diamond to me because we got the out. And unfortunately, I wasn't paying attention at the time. And it smacked me right in the eye. Man. And yeah, I first thought I got hit in the back of the head. It was really weird. It was the weirdest feeling in my life because I lost all the feeling in my teeth. And I, I don't know why I felt like I was hit in the back of the head. It was just kind of like someone hit me with a shovel. It was really strange. Weird, it was yeah. almost like I blacked out for a second or something. Anyway, the ball hit me in the eye. And my son was in the stands at the time, too, with his friend watching the game. So I started leaking quite a bit. I, I, I was holding my face and I felt the blood flying all over the place. But I thought it was from my teeth. I didn't even realize it was from my eye. And what happened was it severed the nerves in my face when it hit me in the eye. So I felt I had uh, a feeling in my teeth. Right. So I didn't go down. But then I went down and then everybody rushed out to me, of course. And then they picked me up and, and Nancy Van Tassel was on our team and she's a retired nurse. Right. So I a lot of faith in her. I love that lady mm-hmm. so much. And anyway, she uh, she brought me into the dugout and I could hear my son. Uh, I couldn't see anything, of course, at that time, but I could hear my son crying. And so I just said, 
Jake, it's going to be okay. We'll just get fixed up. We'll stop Dairy Queen and we'll get a peanut butter parfait. Just, just talking <laughs> right. shit, right? Natural and, things the father would say, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I, Nancy kind of grabbed me by the face and I could hear it in her voice that she was very concerned. So then um, after that, they, you know, they said, let's call an ambulance. And someone said, no, because it'll take too long to get here. And Delta, uh, Pibby's wife, Dawn, mm-hmm. she said, okay, I'm going to take him to the hospital. So Jake and I got in the car. We started driving to the hospital. I was still very calm at the point at that point because I you didn't realize what was going on. Right. Um, I felt a lot of pain in my face, mind you. But uh, so anyway, we got into Truro and um, I was just very lucky at the point where the doctor that was on call was Dr. Rogers, who happened to be the eye surgeon for the Troy hospital. He was, or sorry, the eye department. He was on call that weekend. He had been on vacation the weekend prior or the week prior and the week after. So I was very lucky. Um, so anyway, he sits me in a chair and I'm sitting back and then my wife showed up because uh, Erky had called her and uh-huh. said, you know, you got to get to the hospital. He's okay, but come down. So she, she rushed down or whatever. He, uh, Dr. Rogers sat me in the chair and he held my eye open and he went, oh Lord. And that's when I started to not go into shock, but I got very, very nervous. Uh-huh. Like, like my anxiety was through the roof. So then um, he said, Chris, we're going to have to go in, uh, do a quick surgery. I was like, okay, no problem. Let's go do it. And at that point, I thought they were cutting my eye open, not my eye, but under my eye, like, you know, in the Rocky movie and going to drain all the fluid out of my face. <laughs> right. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So they wheel me into surgery and I woke up the next day and I still didn't really know what was going on. My eye was bandaged over and what have you. And uh, the doctor came in and he said, Chris, um, there's a good chance you're going to lose your eye. He said, we spent three hours on putting 27 stitches back in your your globe was demolished. It was like, he said, it was like putting a grape between your fingers and squishing it. Oh my God. So yeah. So I was like, okay. So then it started to sit into me that, uh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to play ball again. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of. I wasn't thinking <laughs> about work. I wasn't thinking about anything else. It was, damn it. I'm not gonna be able to play ball. And that's when everything started kind of getting emotional on me. Yeah. And I had friends showing up and then they were bawling their asses off. And then I felt like I had to comfort them. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> comfort me. <laughs> right. And I'll never forget Mike Grant showing up. Uh, actually, this was a couple of days later. So they transferred me from the Truro Hospital to the Halifax Hospital. Mm-hmm. And I had to see a bunch of eye specialists at that time. And Mike Grant came in and I... I still to this day, I feel terrible for him because obviously it was a mistake. Right. Like nobody would ever try to do that on purpose, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And, but he was so shooken up by it that, uh, yeah, it was, it really touched me, but you know, we still have a friendship because of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he fucking broke my eye, but we're still friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so after that I, I was in the hospital and going through a battery of tests and what have you. And all of it was, you're probably gonna have to lose your eye. We're going to make an appointment for a prosthetic. So I'm thinking, holy fuck, like I'm going to have to get like a Nike swoosh on an eye or something. I got to think of something funny. Yeah. So it wasn't that day, but it might've been the next day. I changed my Facebook profile to Wazowski from Monsters Inc., the one-eyed monster. Right. So that's when people started thinking, okay, he's okay. He's going right. to be all right. Yeah. So, and, and I always said that to my kids, like I laid in a bed across from another guy that when I was in the hospital and I was feeling pretty shitty about myself and the guy across from me had his wife and his daughter there and he had throat cancer. And that's when I said to myself, holy fuck, this could be way worse. Right. And that's kind of when I right. took the attitude of, you know, whatever happens, I'm just going to get through it. Yeah. I'm going to try to continue being part of ball. I probably never will play again, but I'm going to be part of something. Mm-hmm. And that's that was kind of my attitude moving forward from that point. Yeah. And lucky enough, I did get back to play yeah. with one eye, mind you. But, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, yeah. it transitioned you into into coaching. 
It sure, yeah, it sure did. I mean, I, I was very lucky that I, I love the sport so much that I didn't want to be away from it. And I was also lucky at the fact that my son was coming out playing ball. Right, exactly. So I got to go and help, you know, with Terry Anthony, Matt Anthony, and coach a major team onto a silver medal at a nationals, and which was by far my favorite nationals. Right. Leading up to 2017, yeah, of exactly. So yeah, I mean, I guess perseverance and and knowing that things could be worse mm-hmm. really got me through that battle. And still to this day, like I, I I can tell you, like I I still have struggles with opening doors or mowing the grass mm-hmm. or you know reaching for things because of depth perception and change ups. Yeah, you're not allowed to throw me change ups. You know that. <laughs> I know that nobody is. <laughs> yeah, but I I still laugh like. I remember the first one I did and you're like, don't you ever throw me another change up? And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. But I, even when, when guys do it in league to you now, I'm like, yeah. you mother. Like, oh yeah. I'm I like, just want to rifle my how back. dare you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's part of the game. You gotta I do it. Like, I understand it hundred percent, but yeah. yeah, I'll never, uh, <laughs> I'll never get mad at anybody for throwing me a change up. No, sure. Yeah. Oh. So the, uh, that nationals with, Jake in 2011. Yeah. Was that the one in Fredericton? It was in Fredericton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can was, remember following. I was like, it was these guys are on special. a roll right now. Man, we beat some teams we were mm. never supposed to beat. And again, it was a lot of comeback from like being down a bunch of runs yeah. or or scoring a bunch and then starting to lose and then coming back again. And we yeah. had some key kids. Cody Anthony was an absolute yeah. beast. Like, uh, unfortunately, we didn't have a one, two. Yeah. Uh, we right. had Cody. Yeah. Uh, we had a Luke Lavers as well, uh, but Luke wasn't just at that caliber. Um, um, he hadn't really pitched enough to be the, the same caliber as Cody was mm-hmm. for sure. Cody was a, a beast and I'll, I'll never say that kid doesn't work his ass off. He's amazing. Yeah, I love time. that kid. Yeah. Like he's just incredible. Yeah. Um, that was an incredible year. We had some kids hitting home runs. That, Trayvon McLeod. Did oh my yeah. God. Yeah. 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 On a borrowed bat actually. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he had used my bat all year and then he broke it. So I was a little bit pissed off, but anyway, <laughs> some kid from uh, the Frederick team who had been beaten out, earlier in the tournament came up to Trayvon and said, I have the same bat. You want to use it? And he hit a freaking home run with it. Wow. Yeah. It was amazing. That's yeah. Yeah. Stories like that are great. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. You know, we beat Napanee who we never even should have been around mm. and uh, they were defending champs and they always had great ball programs coming up. Um, then we ran into Irma in the final and Cody was gassed. So yeah, yeah. but it was, that was an awesome experience for myself, for my family, my yeah. son. Like, it's just amazing. Well, like, yeah. Cody got to go to Irma after that. Cody went and won a play three years. Yeah. 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 Cody played in the national team. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Just amazing stuff. For sure. So, you started, uh, when did you start coaching the Mastodons? Like, that was back in 2013? I want to say 13. Yeah, it yeah. was 13 because it the was, Nationals were in Stratford. Uh, no, then it was 12 because we went to an Eastern Canadians in uh, North River. Oh, yeah. Okay. But that was the first nationals back for the Mastodon was in Stratford. In Stratford. Yeah. 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 Uh, That was the first one. I was still wet, you know, behind the years type thing. Mm -hmm. So we had uh, scope was a beast back then, Mm -hmm. but he was not nearly developed as he is now. No. The following Uh, year in in 2014 in Charlottetown is when. Yeah. He started to become his own. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, Again, good group of guys. Yeah. ran into some teams that we didn't really play against any competition. So it was hard yeah. for us when you get to nationals to play against guys that are playing all year at IC levels or what have you. So mm-hmm. that was tough. It was a good experience for yeah. us. I mean, um, we, we talked about it on Scopes podcast there, but yeah. uh, you know, when you guys won the silver medal, you guys, uh, that's when you, you were like, Hey, that we was need- in Quebec. Yeah, yeah. And that was like, Holy shit. We're right there. And yeah. we had the noose yeah. who are <laughs> like, I mean, they're the Yankees of fast pace. They like, they're amazing. Yeah. Good group of guys. Like just incredible. But as much as much as I always hated pitching against them. 
Yeah. I love pitching against them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Just I guess. I'm pitching against the best players in the world. For sure. Even though they're killing me, but. Uh. <laughs> they kill everybody. <laughs> they're, they're amazing. Like, yeah. they're just flat out can hit. Like, mm. they could hit. If you threw corn, like, freaking kernels at them, they would smash that yeah. all over the place. Well, I think that that goes because of their their local league in St. John's. 100% it does. Mm. Yeah, they're very lucky to have that. Right. Uh, and that's kind of what we're trying to establish here. Exactly. Um, hopefully someday it will become that, yeah. but as long as the young guys keep coming up. But uh, yeah, I mean, where were we there? Sorry. Oh, oh Newfoundland or Quebec. Sorry. Quebec. So yeah, we, uh, although it was kind of a watered down tournament because there weren't many teams there, which was very disappointing because, the, you know, it looked like the sport was dying. Mm-hmm. Um, we still had to play some tough teams and and we got into the final against Newfoundland. Um, I, I will say one thing. So Elsie was with us, of right. course, and that guy's a machine. We played in the the bronze or the silver medal game, bronze medal game, I guess. Sorry. And we were playing against Ontario and Wags was pitching for Ontario, Scott Wagger and uh, Fibs was catching. And LZ comes running over to me. We were up a bunch. Like, I'm going to, I think, eight nothing, maybe. And LZ, I was coaching third, and LZ comes running out of the dugout. You're hitting. I'm like, fuck off, LZ. I'm not fucking hitting. Like, <laughs> I don't even know where my back gloves are. I don't know enough. I'm, I'm not here to hit or play. No, you're fucking hitting. I was like, come on, man. And then I was like, I can't say no to LZ. Fuck, he's captain of Team Canada. Like, and he's, we're out on the field. Yeah. The noofs are waiting to play somebody. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to go. So, I fucking walk into the dugout. I'm like, what the fuck? What, what bat do I use? Give me a bat. <laughs> so anyway, they handed me a bat and I get in there. And at that time, Mike Grant was playing for the Ontario team too. So, and, and Wags had played with us right. before. So I knew, and I've known those guys anyway. So I get into the plate and I, I look at Fibsy and I, I said, uh, man, don't throw me any change-ups. He goes, no, man, Mike already told me not to. I was like, <laughs> oh, fucking right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in, well, I'm one eye right now, right? Yeah. So anyway, I get up. And uh, it turns out I smashed one off the fence. I stand up double. No way. <laughs> I swear to God. So that was, oh, my, that's very, awesome. that was my very last at bat at a nationals. And uh, I went one for one that tournament. I should have uh, an all Canadian, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> what a way to go out though. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty incredible. And yeah. the guys were pretty ecstatic when I came back to the bench. No doubt. Yeah. I hit for Jay Duff. And uh, when I got to second base, he came running out and of course ran for me because yeah. I can't run worse shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I went back to the dugout. It was pretty exciting. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. 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 It was pretty incredible. Yeah. So then we went into the game against the noose yeah. and uh, we actually had a lead in that game. And then I'll remember fucking Steve Mullally hit one down the line and it hit the chalk. It was like inches from being foul and they ended up getting a triple out of it. And uh, I can't remember the next, somebody else had a hit to right field and they ended up going ahead of, in that game. All right. Yeah. Well, well, one thing I'll never forget though, is Craig Manuel hit a home run off of Sean Cleary on a changeup. He sat on it. And I was coaching third and Manny almost tore my fucking arm off. When he came around. <laughs> you know, yeah, you high five or knuckles. Yeah. I'm so glad I didn't knuckle him, but yeah, he almost tore my arm off. That was pretty exciting for him too. Yeah. Oh, cool. for sure. Yeah. Uh, not like Manny's big or anything. No, no, Jesus. No, <laughs> guy doesn't sweat either. Uh, the one good thing about that tournament, as you were saying, it was that that gave us that actual sniff of, right. holy, we're right there. Yeah. Man. We are, we're, we're close to winning yeah. this thing. Yeah. And then yeah. Newfoundland the following year, you guys got bronze, but I mean, you know, we talked about that with Scope. Yeah. It, we came up against two friggin' Newf teams. That's, yeah. No. We're just so good, man. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Every time. But we lost one nothing to go on to the gold medal game. Yeah. Um, again, it was a great experience for us. We, we had a few all Canadians on our team. That's, that's when Chelsea came to yeah, play. Yeah, Nick so. came and played with us that year and he became like, 
the the god of ball to me. Like mm. the guy is incredible. The yeah. guy can field anything and hit anything. Uh, beautiful person, like mm-hmm. just an amazing guy. Um, it was great meeting him and making that friendship for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got bronze. It was a little bit of sour taste, but at the same time, we got some fucked up in George Street that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. It was fun. Started the beer tent and then yeah. escalated to yeah. to George Street. I'll never forget running. To, I don't know if you know Steve Jesso, but oh yeah, yeah. So Jesso, I played against. He used to play for the Keys too. Right. So growing up, we played against each other a lot, and uh, they ended up getting silver. You know, they beat us going, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'll never forget how excited he was. I met him downtown, and he was still in uniform <laughs> and with his medal around his neck, right. of course. And uh, just the hug he gave me was like, "We're two old dogs still at this thing." And yeah. I mean, he was still playing the prick, but we're still two dogs at this thing. And he was super excited for us, and I was super excited for him. So, yeah. but that's a friendship that I'll never lose. Either. And and th- that's what I find about fast pitches, the like the people you meet, and you know, when you play against guys, yeah, all of a sudden that like that camarader- camaraderie is there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and a huge fast pitch family. Is what yeah, it is. It is. Like yeah. my first nationals back to St. John's there. That's I met uh, Tex. Remember Tex? Tex. Uh, that was his nickname. Uh, God, I'll have to. I'll have to yeah, figure it sure. out. But but uh, Lassard, Tex Lassard. I think that was his name. Oh, I remember that name now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was he was an all Canadian yeah, and yeah. everything. But they were staying in our hotel and and you know got talking to him and just like you see these guys on the ball field and you, you think, Oh, these guys, like they look yeah. like a certain way. And you're like, Oh, it's probably an asshole. Can't but, talk to that guy. but then get talked to him, have a couple beer and like, yeah, this guy's awesome. Like, yeah. but that's how it is in the fast pitch. Oh, they're all, fight. man. There's, there's not too many guys I can say. I mean, there are a few that I won't say. Yeah. Um, but there's not too many guys. I mean, especially with me coaching third base, like I see those guys coming on and off the field. Right. Uh, they pass me the ball. I talk to third baseman the whole game, you know, mm-hmm. You know, making friendships, I guess. Yep. And for the most part, they're all friggin' good yep. guys, man. Oh, for sure. And again, you're at the hotel or you're having a beer or whatever it is, and they're sitting around. You're always chewing the fat with those guys. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go to battle with them, of course. That's but right. Yeah. yeah. You leave your friendship at the door. That's right. Yeah. So I know we went into big detail with, with Scove about 28 or 2017 yeah. winning nationals. But, you know, from from your point of view as a coach, yeah, how, how was that? It, it was the best thing on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny story in the end when we won, I said, uh, we got in the circle and I said, aside from my girls being born, this was the most exciting thing in my life. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> because my son was on the team. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I was fucking yeah. around. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, going into it, I knew we had a good club. Mm. And and that year we were able to get Chalesy and LZ on our team as pickups. And Scope was going to be our horse. Mm-hmm. And it worked out that Archie ate up innings and Travis Nevin had a few innings and everything just fell into place for us. Mm-hmm. Although the week was pretty fucked up with getting Scope's room broken into right. and, you know, Jason Hill was sick. So everybody's worried about getting sick and mm-hmm. Saskatoon. I mean, as nice as the ballparks were, it was a little scary. Some of the places that we had gone to, right. but uh, aside from that, like we just, our team came together so well, we just gelled so well. Mm-hmm. Like we were, one group of brothers for that entire week, which just led us into just playing great, hanging around constantly together, being in the beer tent together, you know, all of the above, all of the the little intangibles that make you a a super great team. Yeah. And, and that you had a good following out there. Like uh, it was amazing, man. Yeah. Like 
there was a bunch of people that went yeah. to Saskatoon. And there were some people that lived in Alberta that traveled to Saskatoon to watch us, like Dale Gould and, okay, and Andy yeah. McDonnell. Uh, oh, wow. Sinead was in Calgary at that time. Right. And she came over. And and then, of course, Scoff's dad was there and Scoff's sister and brother-in-law, I think. Carl. <laughs> Carl was there, <laughs> chirping hilly the whole time. Uh, Carl's a machine, yeah. That, that's back to the old half-inning beer runs. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a great following. And, and Timmy Eisner came out. And mm-hmm. he followed us the whole week. Of course, he's a big friggin' sponsor. He was at the time yep. of our team. Um, I was getting texts constantly, mm-hmm. you know, asking me to tweet during the games and shit. Like I was shitting my pants the whole time. Like I, <laughs> you know, every game was close or we were behind or we were ahead and we were trying to hang on and, you know, winning those games is very tough. I don't have time to tweet, like yeah. get out of my pants. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, having Darcy there who, who manages our team, Darcy Campbell, that guy's I don't know what we'd do without him. I'm so glad that I asked him to help us way back. Yeah. Uh, yep. Cause he's a catalyst of us, you know, staying afloat. Absolutely. Yep. You know, we, do we have enough money to do this? Yeah. Yeah. We can swing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we get rent, rent fans? No, you guys have to pay for them, but we'll try to whatever it is. Right? right. So he takes care of us and thank God he does. Oh, for sure. And of course we had his, his young fellow too, Ty there is a battle. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. Incredible yeah. as well. Yeah. That kid learned how to swear really, really good. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's 14 now, but he can swear like nobody can. <laughs> Um, but the nationals itself and, and one thing I'll never forget, Nick Shales, and I don't know if you remember this, but Lori Van Tassel, she had sent me a text and said, did they set those fireworks on purpose? I was like, what are you talking about? She said the fireworks. And then I got thinking the fireworks. So downtown in Saskatoon, there was some sort of celebration going on. Well, it was like, what's that movie with Robert Redford? The, you know, Ugh, he hits the ball into the light thing. Uh, what the fuck's it called? Not is it Bull Durham? No, God, no. no. Uh, anyway, oh. whatever it is, you know what I'm talking. <laughs> we'll about. Google it later. Yeah, we'll Google it later. <laughs> you can edit that in there. <laughs> so anyway, Nick comes up and it's night nighttime game, and he hit a fucking home run over the center field light stanchions. And as soon as it went into the sky, the fireworks went off in the background. It was like, what is going on here? <laughs> that's awesome. It was like an omen. Like, this <laughs> This is incredible. Like, yeah, oh that's something God. I'll never forget. Because when she mentioned it to me, I was like, yeah, I did remember seeing fireworks yeah. in the background. Why? And wow. She, she thought they were for Nesky's home run. Perfect timing. Oh, man, it was incredible. Wow. Yeah, they just went off like crazy. Like RBI baseball for Nintendo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was amazing. But some of those games, again, you know, we had to run into the noofs yep. in the round robin. And they beat us in the round robin, which was fine. We didn't mm-hmm. we didn't start scope and you know whatever it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about the round robin that really confuses me still to this day, and nothing against the person I'm going to mention, but we played Grand Prairie in uh, whoever won that game was guaranteed uh, either second or third in double life, so you didn't have to play the noose. Okay. And. That's something like that, at any rate. So we're playing Grand Prairie, and uh, I don't remember who their, their their big arm was, but they started Trevor McCabe, who was from home. I remember this. He was yeah. a lefty. Yeah. Um, and nothing against him, but he's an older guy now. Like, he's a little younger than I am, but he's an older guy. And they started Trevor, and I, I was thinking to myself, like, do they not know what's on the line here? Right. So anyway, we went out, and Grand Prairie had a great hitting team, too. We went out, and... Uh, we peppered them. Mm-hmm. I think we scored eight runs off them yeah. like early. And I, I still don't understand why they did it. I'm really glad they did. But that was another thing that kind of that week just all fell together for us. Right. So I, I was confused about it. So anyway, we went on. We had to play Saskatoon, I believe, in the in the uh, double life game and uh, against Devo. 
and we ended up beating them. I don't remember the score. <laughs> I get all confused on scores because there's been so many games. But uh, we ended up beating them, so we knew we had to play the noofs. And, you know, we weren't satisfied at the fact that we knew we were meddling because we got to that that double, yep. you know, the medal game. Exactly. Um, we weren't satisfied at the fact that we were going to win a medal. I was very excited, mind you. Like, mm. yeah, we're winning a fucking medal. Yeah. But at the same time, we wanted to change the color from the silver to bronze to gold. Yeah. And so we went to play the noose that night and we ended up beating them 5-2. And uh, Scope was an absolute machine. Like, mm. that guy was on fire for that weekend. It was just incredible. Yeah. But again, our team was hitting the shit out of the ball, too. Yeah. And I don't even remember who had the hits that game because everything goes really blurry on me when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. But we ended up winning that game, so we were going into Sunday to right to the gold medal game. Yeah, and I think we talked about this a little bit with Scove as well. Yeah, but uh, Scove mentioned about you know we beat them under the lights. And now we got exactly beat, beat totally them. different game, yeah. and they're mad now. Exactly. So and and we did mention so they played the wrestlers, Bull Ray wrestlers beat yeah, them twenty two to one. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> oh, we are fucked. Like these guys are so angry right now. I never said that to anybody, obviously. Yeah. So. We get to the ballpark and we're watching the, the, the tail end of that game. The noofs are in the home side dugout and third base side. Yeah. And uh, I remember them saying, you know, I talked to Scope about it. You know, they wanted that dugout. I was like, no, we're taking that dugout. And I thought, fuck, I'm not that tough, but I'm going to fucking do this right now. <laughs> no, we want this dugout. So I was trying to get into their kitchen a little yeah. bit. like, And I, I don't know if it worked or not. But right. anyway, that was kind of like a little bit of gamemanship, I yep. guess. So we went into the game, of course, and you know what the outcome was mm-hmm. and the, the home runs that were hit. And the- Now, we didn't talk about, with Scope. We didn't talk about Jonas Bunt. Oh, my goodness. So... Jonah, God love him. I love the guy. <laughs> Grimmy. He's amazing. He's got the hairiest back in the world. <laughs> you know, we, uh, well, first of all, my son, I think we had, at that point, I don't recall what the score was. It might have been, they were up maybe 3-2 or 4-3. I don't remember what exactly yeah. what the score was. We ended up scoring a couple runs that inning, though. Oh, no, maybe it was 4-4. I think it was tied. Yeah, it was 4-4. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh so we had a couple base runners on and I don't recall how they even got on. And I, I brought my son up to bunt mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell a secret here. And so Jacob went into bunt, left-handed bunter, and he went into bunt for Harv. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he, they called hit by pitch. And to this day, it never hit him. Yeah. Uh, although he was standing there like it didn't hit him. And I was like, get the fuck down the base path now, run. <laughs> anyway, the noose were losing their marbles because he didn't get hit. It hit the butt end of the bat and the umpire claimed it hit his arm. Yeah. And well, Jake learned a lesson there too. Like, even if it didn't hit, you get the fuck down there. Yeah, like, exactly. So anyway, he got the first and then we put Harv back in to run because mm-hmm. Jake's pretty lumbering. He's a big kid. <laughs> and then uh, we brought Jonah up and... I don't even remember if I gave him the bunt or if he just decided he was going to bunt. I don't even recall what the hell happened, but he laid uh, kind of a push bunt down yep. where the second baseman, Gilly, ran to first base and the ball went out to right field. Yep. And we ended up scoring two runs on that I play. I can remember I was watching it online and at the time I was, we were renovating our, our place that we're in now and, uh, I was painting trim out in the out in the garage, and I had it up. I had it up on the, on oh, the yeah. fridge, and I was when he did. I was like, I was jumping around like I was there. Like <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. my god, oh yeah. my god. We couldn't believe it because all of a sudden we're up two runs on the noose, and we're going into the might have been the bottom of the sixth. sixth. Yeah, because yep. that happened in the top of the sixth, mm-hmm. and that's when you kind of realize. And and, and Scova tested to it when he we talked about it. He mm-hmm. didn't have his head up once. He didn't even know what happened to no, this day. He didn't see it, <laughs> um, but. That for that to happen for us to go up by two runs, we're like, holy fuck. You never say three more outs. You never say six more outs. Mm-hmm. In our world, you never do because that's kind of a 
karma thing. To yep. me, it is anyway. Exactly. It's like, go get the next out. Yep. Go get the next out. And anyway, as you know, in the bottom of six, they never scored. Or no, sorry. They, yeah, they never scored a run. So mm-hmm. we were up 6-4 going in top seven. Anyway, we didn't score. Came to the bottom of seven. And then fucking, of course. That's cool. Yeah, the guy can't hit. <laughs> anyway, he smashed a bomb. Um, so we're up by run. So what were you thinking then? When I'm thinking, holy fuck, we're at the top of their order. Yeah. And I think we had, I think it might have been Shane and Lolly and then Blair. Blair, yeah. We're coming up. Shane hit a screaming line drive that I don't even know how anybody in the world would have caught it. That Nick Shales dove 842 feet mm-hmm. and caught the ball. Yeah. Like just unbelievable. So one out. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. How did that even happen? <laughs> but it was amazing. Yeah. So then we're one out. And mind you, I'm throwing up inside my mouth right now in the dugout because you're so fucking nervous. Mm-hmm. And you, but you can't show it, but you are. Yep. Anyway, the bench were wild. We're just giving it like, come on, Scof. Our our team was just crazy. Duff's always crazy anyway, yeah. but our team was just going crazy. They still have Lolly coming up. And Steve Lolly is he can that guy is incredible, man. He like, can he could have tied that game just Yeah. Well, I remember they played Nationals in Frenchman, and I think he had forty eight home runs or something that week. Twelve. <laughs> yeah, it was 12. amazing. I remember. It was like every time he came up, he had a bomb. So anyway, Scope was able to strike him out. So it was like, holy suffering Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I won't lie to you. So Blair was coming up, Ezekiel, or as a cole, however you say mm-hmm. it, I'm sorry. And Great hitter, incredible hitter, but I saw a slump in his shoulders. I saw almost like he was deflated because there was two outs and they were down by a run. Like I, I, I witnessed it. I never ever said anything to anybody. Right. But it was like, okay, you know, the wind's out of his sail a little bit. Anyway, I don't remember what pitch it was. Go uh, through, you know, and induced a ground ball to Shales. Shales yeah. Threw it across to Goob and the rest is history. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I, and the one Nationals that they didn't. Yeah, like, I know. It's so tape it. Like, and I did, contacted no them three times. And the first time they said, yes, they can. Mm-hmm. The second time he never got back to me. And the third time he never got back to me. Man, that's, that was a piss off. Like, like that's a huge moment for East Hans, like here as a community to like to ha- be able to have that footage. Oh my God, man. Would be massive. Like, I guess not just for East Hans, for Nova Scotia. For sure. Like, uh, that's one thing that frustrates me. I like, I'm not even, I wasn't even on the team, but you know, as a, for sure. as a fast pitch person to have that footage would be. I would phenomenal. love to watch it. Yeah. I would love to watch the whole tournament again. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many numerous times I've watched YouTube games of ISC teams or or other nationals or just clips or whatever. Yeah. I still to this day do it. I yeah. sit in my shed working on my bike and I watch YouTube videos of games. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whether it be watching Scove Pitch or watching Cleary or Folkart or whoever it mm-hmm. is, it's, it's, it, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I wish they had had it. I, I, I need to get another story out of you. Fire. I know last year's uh, nationals were pretty shitty and that's. <laughs> To say the least. Pun, pun intended. Yeah. I need to I need to hear the Connor Hilton story. Oh, fuck. Poor <laughs> bastards. Again, Hilly doesn't say much. No. And he's a gamer. Yeah. And the kid plays, he played junior hockey. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a gamer. He's Great a athlete. athlete. Incredible athlete. Keeps himself in shape and what have you. Yeah. Anyway, so we get to the ball field and there's, there's Darcy, our manager, wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, I'll drop you guys off, but I'm going back to the hotel. So it's like, okay. And then Harv comes to me. Yeah, man, I'm not feeling well. Okay, so we're down a couple. And then we're hitting fly balls to the outfielders. And I see Hilly bolt for the fence. And he runs to the fence and he throws up. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, so he's getting it. 
So then he comes running in. Man, I'm not feeling good. I said, okay, Hilly, well, I'll, that's when Woody yelled for Darcy to come back, you know, pick up Hilly. And Hilly ran into the porta potty and mm-hmm. lost his Kept going. There. So then they took Hilly back to the hotel. We played our game. I don't remember if we won or lost. I hated that tournament. But anyway, um, we get back to the hotel after we're finished. And I walk in to see Hilly, and Hilly is just yakking everywhere. Like he's been throwing up constantly and shitting his pants. Mm-hmm. So. Woody and I said, okay, well, let's go. We'll go to the drugstore, get some Pedialyte and Gravol and, you know, try to yep. rehydrate him and all this stuff. So we get back. I said, Hilly, you got to drink this this stuff and we'll give you a couple of Gravol. Well, I gave it to him and it wasn't two seconds. He ran into the bathroom. He threw up before he even got to the door and he somehow made it in the toilet, by the way. <laughs> it was like projectile puke. So it's like, okay, this is, this is getting pretty serious. Like he is sick. He can't keep anything down. He's sweating. It, it's not. So I said, okay, guys, I'm going to take Hilly to the hospital. Okay, great. So we get to the hospital in Grand Prairie and uh, we try to try to check in. There aren't many people, many people there. And Hilly's back and forth to the bathroom throwing up and he's loud as shit. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking, he sounds like a banshee screaming. Like it's, <laughs> it was embarrassing to a point, but also I felt terrible for him. Right. So, and, and, you know, Hilly's my son's age. So I was more of a father figure at that point because right. I'm a lot older than those guys. So I was, I had to take care of him. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I know his parents and mm-hmm. I, I was like, they would do this for me. I have to do this for Hilly. Right. Cause I wanted to go back to the hotel. Like, <laughs> this is Oh yeah. So first of all, when we check in, the guy says, uh, so where are you from? And Hilly had his Nova Scotia. He goes, where's Nova Scotia? I said, it's in fucking Canada. <laughs> where are we right now? <laughs> so that pissed me off and I was already pissed off. <laughs> So then some drug-induced guy comes walking in who just overdosed, or not walking in, in a wheelchair. And they take him right away, of course, because he's dying. Right. But he did it himself. Yeah. Hilly's in there dying, and he fucking didn't mean to do it. Right. So that yeah. pissed me off even more. <laughs> so anyway, we finally get in. After seven hours, we get into the back section of, you know, they do, they check you over, what yeah. have you. And the nurse, God love her, and she was hot. Um, <laughs> she sits Hilly down in a chair. And he, I'm sitting in this chair and there's, it's like a triage and there's like 12 people sitting in a circle and I'm sitting in the middle, <clears throat> at least to my right. And all these other people are sitting around us and I'm looking around like, okay, this, she has a cut finger or whatever. Hilly's got to be next. And this guy stubbed his foot or something. This other chick went out for 19 smoke breaks. Like she shouldn't even be going anyway. So we sat there and sat there and sat there. Yeah. And then finally the nurse, God love her. She comes over and says, okay, Connor, we're going to have to do a blood test and Connor goes, I'm not real good with needles. And he had kind of relaxed a little bit cause they, he was being hydrated. Right. They had put an IV in him and which went fine. But when she said we have to draw some blood, he went, I don't do real good with blood. And I'm looking at him like, are you fucking serious? And she's like, Oh, come on, you'll be fine. Anyway, Hilly's sitting in this chair with his feet up <clears throat> with flip flops on. I'm sitting there with flip flops on. It's freezing cold. And she goes over to start take drawing blood. As soon as she sticks the needle in, she looks at me. She goes, he's going to faint. And he fainted. <laughs> so his head falls down. And I'm sitting in front of him. So I grab him just instinct, I guess. I grab him by his temple and lift his head because I was scared. Yeah. And I didn't want to go back too far because I didn't want him to throw up and choke on it. Right. And I never once thought, okay, he's going to throw up or whatever. And then she looks at me. She goes, he's going to throw up. I was like, what? Next thing is eyes open, his feet raised in the air, and he fucking threw up all over me. <laughs> Filled my fucking flip-flops full of puke. And I'm sitting in this place. I don't want to be there to begin with. And I am just covered in puke. My flip-flops were full. And... 
He doesn't remember a thing about it. Oh, so then he, he puts his head back and they start cleaning him up. I'm thinking, well, fuck, what about me here? Like, <laughs> clean me up here. So she goes, well, there's a bathroom right there. I'll go in and clean myself oh. up. I come back out and I said, Connor, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. I was like, yeah, imagine. <laughs> he goes, why? I said, well, you just fucking threw up all over me. He goes, I did? He didn't remember a minute of it. That's amazing. So anyway, they fill him full of uh, fluids. Yep. I finally get him back to the hotel and he doesn't throw up anymore. Thank God. Oh. But he was pretty much toast for the rest of the week. Uh, and myself. I yeah. was pretty much pissed off. <laughs> okay. Mind you, I didn't get sick while I was there, but I got sick when I got home. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's kind of like your 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 father instinct kicks in. Yeah. You take care of everybody. Yeah. Because they went through everyone. Oh, yeah. It was a terrible, terrible fucking time, man. Yeah. Especially when you build up all summer for fundraising and practicing and playing and you just want to get there and you want to perform. You want to be on the podium. Yeah, exactly. you don't go there just to play. It's yeah. not just a trip. And uh, it was very disappointing. Yeah, extremely. I imagine. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this with the uh, I'm gonna mention some certain players. So I want your thoughts. Fire away, yeah. Greg Patton. Unbelievable. Geek was probably the reason why I wanted to be a shortstop and fast pitch. Mm. The guy was amazing. Not to mention he was a great guy. Oh yeah. He, he coached me in Pee Wee hockey, Pee Wee AAA. No way. He was awesome yeah yeah he was uh he was a super good guy he would take the young guys under his wing uh he wasn't the guy to say a lot but when he said but when he said something something. oh big time yeah but uh when i got to play with him he had had broken his leg badly and he played first base for us Mm -hmm. but he was the type of guy that he would field a bunt still and throw a guy out of third base like a guy from running from second to third wow Yeah. yeah, he was incredible. He was, he's still one of them. I, I love the guy. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I love the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey McGuire. We Casey, talked about him earlier. Yeah. Casey is the, probably had the driest humor I've known of anybody <laughs> in, in the world. Yeah. Uh, love the sport. His son still plays now and pitches. He's very good. Uh, he was always a gamer. He, he didn't care who he was facing. He just went in and threw his change ups and his little spinners. And, mm-hmm. you know, if he got beat up, he got beat up. But if he didn't, he didn't. Uh, very quiet. Yep. Very, very quiet, but still a beauty of a guy for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. Chipper Van Tassel. My favorite middle infield partner <laughs> in the world. Uh, I'm still good friends with him yeah. to this day. Chipper is, uh, man, when I came to Brookfield, I hated Chipper with a passion because mm. he was one of those leaders of that. Yep. I'm from Brookfield and you're not, so yep. go fuck yourself. Yep. And uh, Chipper, to me, Chipper was a little bit underrated, I think, as a, as a middle infielder. Mm-hmm. Um that guy was probably national team caliber. Yeah. You know, left stick, could bunt, could run, could slap, could hit home runs. Yep. Incredible defense. Yeah. Could run like a deer. Yeah. And just an awesome teammate. Yeah, he was he was one of those five tool players that they talk about in the in the big Yeah, for like, sure he yeah. was. He's yeah, yeah, he's awesome. My favorite teammate for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we talked about him earlier and he's coming on the podcast later on. Nick Shales. Uh just a true professional. Mm-hmm. Like the guy is I've never seen a ball player like him, to be honest. I, I was very lucky to be able to witness him um, at our nationals in 2017 because the guy was just a machine. Like mm-hmm. uh, it was like you you couldn't get him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just he smashed bombs. He could run. He, just his infield instinct. Yeah. Like him playing. There was a play at nationals where him and Sandy just looked at each other and they picked a guy off at second base that had taken second <laughs> base on a throwback to the pitcher. Like yeah. the guy was a douchebag. Yeah. And. Nick tagged him and said, fuck you, try that again. Yeah. Like the guy is just unbelievable. Yeah. 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 And a and a beauty of a person. And that's that I was gonna bring that up because uh 
when you guys hosted in 2018, we were at the beer garden there and you guys just got done. And I was there, I was playing in the masters with Sydney and, and I was talking to you and you're like, meet, meet Shales. Yeah, like, yeah. Met him, stand up guy. He was so polite. Just, yeah. just fantastic guy. Yeah. yeah. His English is a little fucked up. But <laughs> good guy, mate. He might. <laughs> no, man, he's a, he's a beauty for yeah. sure. Yeah. No question. Uh, Another guy that's coming on the podcast, actually, I'm interviewing him tomorrow. Oh, good. Matt Anthony. Ants, man. That guy is everything. Like, mm. he is East Hand Sports. Yep. He is, uh, as a ball player, great ball player. Mm-hmm. Drive. Like, last year, at our, well, in our league, the guy hit fucking 980 five, or something. No, it, was like, it was like five something <laughs> yeah. for the year. Yeah. Ants, Ants is incredible. Like, he's probably one of the smartest guys I know. I don't know what his like school smarts are like, but as far as the, his coaching ability and, and, and gaining the trust and, and gaining kids to listen to him. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, for example, in Stratford there, when I was with Charlottetown and he was with you guys on the Mastodons, he watched every single game. Yeah. To It's like he was scouting the teams. Yeah. To go back to you. And, and you know what I mean? Like, exactly. And he gets that from his old man. Yeah. T, Big T, Terry, that guy's the same. I mean, yeah. he was an incredible ball player. He yeah. won a he won a nationals with Brookfield Elks. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to coach with Terry a few years, and and I got to play with him actually when I was younger. He was a uh, Labatt Ice, I think. He might oh, is that right? Last one. I don't remember, but yeah, 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 yeah. I got oh, to play wow. with him a couple of years. Right he is very smart too, yeah. and I think Ants, all of those kids, all of his kids are very smart and bright that way. Um, they're all in, heavily involved with coaching, like mm-hmm. well, Cody as well, and, and Alex. I'm not sure about Luke, but um, Ants is super bright mm-hmm. and just loves sports. Yeah. And he's very blessed to be able to do what he's doing right now. Oh, like, I mean, he's an assistant coach with Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. Like we can't no, say, we can't say Screaming Eagles anymore. Oh, he's an assistant <laughs> with the Cape Breton Eagles. Yeah. Like that's incredible. Like oh. he, he went from coaching in minor hockey in East Hans yeah. to, you know, to Newbridge yeah. and to, well, I think he coached Cole Harbor. Yeah. And now he's coaching in like the Q. Like, the Q. I know. He's going to end up somewhere. Someday. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He's just so intelligent. Yeah. Like, like when it comes to, he's like a student of the game. I, I, 100% he is. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter his, what he's doing. He's got to get his greasy haircut a little bit. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of out the window. Yeah. Early 80s. Anyway, I guess we'll, uh, that uh, we'll wrap her up now. Uh, I'll have you back on the other side of the mic here. Yeah, absolutely, here. man. I, uh, next time. I appreciate this 100%. I mean, I'm, I've been very blessed to be involved with Fast Pitch pretty much my entire life. I, I should tell you a little story about Fast Pitch. Okay, though. yeah. It was when I was 14 years old and we moved from the city and I played baseball growing up. All right. I got to play for one of my favorite coaches of all time, Steve Kroll. Yep. He was my baseball coach. And so when I moved out to the country, my mom said, we moved to Elmsdale. My mom said, uh, there's tryouts for a softball team in Enfield. And that was Steve uh, Snyderman back mm-hmm. at the time. I was like, softball for my sister? Like, I didn't realize <laughs> that softball was what it was. And she said, no, it's for you. So I said, okay, well, I'll go try it. There is no sport like fast pitch, no. like softball, whatever you want to call yep. it. There is no sport on earth. Everything's closer. Everything's quicker. It, it, it amazes me that people that play baseball think that softball is law ball. Right. People that play law ball play law ball right. because they can't play softball. Yeah. It is the best sport on earth for sure. Yeah. And I've been very blessed to be able to play it from the, you know, when I was 14 all the way. This is the first time I really miss and it's because it's goddamn COVID. Right. Yeah. Oh, I know it's, 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 it's terrible. It is terrible, <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. It right is now. what it is. Yeah. But, but I'm definitely going to continue to play. And I want to say hats off to you for doing this because I want this to be, I want this to get out there so that actually this kids start listening to it, that right. we can promote this game more and more. And as we go further, you know, hopefully we can bring in some sponsors and hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Okay, brother. Anyway, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you 
on the other side of the mic next time. All right, Dick. Thank All right, you. thanks. Hey, buddy. This evening, nah, I don't need no reason. Music in the air, got the Grammys on the cable. Dinner on the plate, whole family at the table. This at home cook, hit your soul, take your shoes off. This at feel good, yelling loud from the rooftop. This at snow day, all the kids taking school off. This at Billy Jean, Michael Jackson, first moonwalk. And I've been waiting for some good news, good news. I'm just trying to get my foot loose, foot loose. And we've been dealing with the wrong things so long. The smallest things can make it right, that's why we hold on for some good news. I've been waiting on some good news. For the clouds to part and let the light shine through. I wanna wake up to a better tomorrow. Cause I've had enough. Where was the trust? Where was the truth? It's about time for some good news. Good. I feel like we never talk about what's going right. My daughter's smiling because of racism.